0: Greetings, welcome to His People Church, and we're an every-nation church in Peter Maritzburg, South Africa. And uh, if you want to find out more about us, please visit our website. It's at the bottom there, www.hispeoplepmb.co.za. And uh, we have reopened uh, in-person services. Yes, we are gathering again. So if you would like to come and join us in person at our wonderful church at 154 Burkett Road, you're welcome to join us. But this morning, it's my delight to carry on the theme and uh, the topic that we started last week, which is the serenity prayer. And I put there hashtag two because I want to carry on with this theme. And we're going to be looking at this uh, scripture, Exodus 17, and we'll get to it. I'll share it with you a little bit later. But before I unpack Exodus 17, I just wanted to highlight to you this serenity prayer again. And on the screen, um, before we read it, I just want to highlight the three main parts to the serenity prayer. And, uh, And I've just put the numbers there so you can highlight them. But let's just read the serenity prayer again. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things i can and wisdom to know the difference and as we as we look at this um, i said we're going to go to exodus 17 but there were just some things that i that i was just highlighted to me as i was just thinking and praying about this prayer this week and i think the the main phrase that i wanted to start with is this phrase to accept, and I mentioned it slightly last week, but I just want to unpack it a little bit, a, a little bit more. What does it mean in this, in this, in this uh, uh, prayer to accept? What do we accept? And and I believe this is so important. I said last week the the process of coming to the place of accepting is so vital, and the serenity comes, I believe, as we accept. But it's important that we look at well, what do you accept? Because not everything we accept brings serenity, brings peace, and so and so. This whole idea of of what do we accept is so important, and um. So let's just look at it. It says, um, well, I've just written down on my notes here to accept. Firstly it is to accept god's will that is really the place that we need to come to we will find serenity we will find peace in that place where we accept and embrace god's will god's will nothing more nothing less nothing else and and to discern god's will folks two keys to discerning god's will is firstly his word the bible and secondly the leading of the holy spirit and those two remember always need to align and 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 that is why you know we go through life and and often we will hit things and it's not as easy always to clearly discern what is god's will and hence to to come to that place of serenity or that place of peace and so, and so we, we always encourage people, spend time in your, in your Bible, read your Bible, spend time with the Lord, and, and, and so that, and so that you, we have a reservoir of truth inside of us that we can draw from when we come to those places and spaces where we need to discern, Lord, what is your will in this situation and that situation? And this, and this whole idea of accepting God's will, it is not a place of passivity or giving up. It's not that, and and um, and this is so important. You know, I, I I think and I and I reflect even on my own life that that just giving up is not this 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 place of really coming to the and experiencing the peace of God. And so sometimes, literally, sometimes people just give up on, on whatever they're going through. Give up trying, give up praying, give up trusting God, etc. And, and that's not the place of peace. Often often that is a place of deep anxiety and, and angst and stress, etc. And so it is very much, it is surrendering to the Lord. That is what it is. It is when we say, "God, give us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change," that that place of accepting is accepting God's will, and it is surrendering to that will. That is what what I believe is is the place of peace. It's surrendering to that will, and being Valentine's Day, I thought let me let me let me touch on a, a, an illustration that can maybe highlight this to us. And I remember hearing of a of a guy who had been in a relationship with his with a girlfriend and this relationship hadn't worked out and so they had broken up and and he had he had thought and he had believed that this relationship would maybe result in marriage and that this you know was God's will obviously as a christian if we if we're going to say i do to to marrying somebody we believe this is God's will it didn't work out and and he really struggled with us and and he was reflecting on this a couple of years later this is after he had met an, another young lady they had gone out and got married and he was now happily married and he was reflecting back at that time in his life where he was really struggling with his breakup and breakups are never are never pleasant they, they, they're always really tough and and, and he was just reflecting how, in that time, he had surrendered it to the Lord. He had given it to God. And and his, his heart was really, God, if this is from you, I believe you'll be able to resurrect this thing. We'll somehow come together. We'll be able to sort out our differences. And ultimately, we'll get married. Now, it didn't happen. But he was still able to ac- come to that place of serenity and accepting that, he couldn't change the situation i don't know the ins and outs of what happened in their relationship but the reality is we can't change people and in this in this case their relationship just went south they broke up they never got married and years later he was actually very grateful that he could surrender that situation to the lord a very difficult situation to the lord and years later you know he married a wonderful lady and they were very happily married And just a very real example of what this looks like. And uh, he didn't give up on marriage. He didn't give up that God could possibly resurrect and cause them to sort things out. He surrendered to to God. And it's an example where the thing he surrendered to God didn't, didn't come back. The seed that he sowed didn't come back the way he thought. He was maybe hoping that that relationship would be resurrected. Where in fact... It didn't. The Lord brought somebody else into his life and he, he he in the end married somebody else. And it's it's but this is deep heart stuff. This isn't easy stuff. I'm in the no illusions that the first part of the serenity prayer is is easy stuff. But at the same time, this tension between surrendering it to God and the second part is the courage to change the things that I can. Sometimes it's very much we need to have the courage to to do things and and there are cases and and you know where we where you need to fight for a relationship you need to fight for a friendship you need to keep pursuing that lady if you really believe this is god's will where god is giving you the courage to actually to actually make a difference not let go and let her go and And I must say, this is also the story of our relationship um I mean it's now more than twenty six years ago that we got married, and with my wife she she first kind of noticed me and 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 kind of really felt, hey maybe this is this is God's will for my life that we get married." She noticed and and it was a really difficult time because I hadn't really. I hadn't really. I mean, we were in the same church and we were friends, etc. But I really hadn't kind of realized, hey, that that this was this was something that that could really go the long run. And so we were just friends, and 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 it was really hard for my wife Jenny in that time, uh, where she, there was there was nothing more than just a, a simple friendship in in the context of a local church. And so what. What the Lord challenged her to do in that case was actually just to lay it down. Really lay down and not just the potential of a relationship with me, lay down actually just her whole desire to get married and to say, Lord, I'm willing to be single for you. And it was a hard, deep, hard stuff, deep, deep prayers that she went through with the Lord. But she came to that place and it was it was a little while after she totally surrendered. All that, all those, those deep hearts' desires to the Lord, that the Lord actually started speaking to me, and and long story, we started going out. A couple of years later, we got married, and we still happily married um, many years later. So, so just two two stories where, where for one person it was very much um, just accepting that this is something you can't change. Whereas you know for Jenny so she surrendered it to the Lord, but the Lord actually in that place of surrender, yeah he he worked in my heart and gave me the courage to actually pursue Jen, and obviously she then responded and and we we after a couple of years of 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 courting or dating, we got married so there's a there's a little Valentine story for you guys and um and just in the context of, of, of this beautiful serenity prayer. But I said we're going to look this the, the, this morning at Exodus chapter 17. And, and what's this about? In Exodus 17, well, the stage is set where it says uh, in verse 8, it says the Malachites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim, at Rephidim. And what's this about? And, and we'll read the whole story, but um, just for you to know, Act 17 is not far from sorry, Exodus 17 is not far from uh, the whole crossing of the Red Sea, Red Sea, which was in Exodus 14, just three chapters earlier. And so these guys have literally they've they've they, they knew at this journey to the Promised Land. Uh, they 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 really. As the, as the saying going, wet behind the ears, uh, the, the Egyptian army came at them. Fortunately, they didn't have to fight. They never had to pull out a sword. <sighs> Remember the story with the Red Sea. The Lord just fought for them miraculously. But here's a very different situation. Here they are getting attacked by the Malachites. Now, who were the Malachites? The Amalekites were descendants of Amalek, and Amalek was... Um, was Esau's grandson. Remember, the Israelites are Jacob's descendants. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And so, and so literally this is their, their, their blood descendants attacking them. And how did this attack actually happen? Just look, Moses in Deuteronomy, he unpacks this a little bit further. In Deuteronomy 25, Moses unpacks this and he says from verse 17, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. Wow. Look at this cowardly, um, vicious attack against the Israelites. And remember, this this is family. I mean this must have been so so just disheartening and so disappointing to the israelites to be attacked like this by the amalekites and and just understanding this background you can understand when you read later in samuel when the lord instructs saul to attack the amalekites what they did here was just so despicable in the eyes of the lord when, when the Bible says yeah that we're attacking the stragglers, who is this? This is possibly the aged. I mean, you know, even today in society when, 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 when an aged person or, or the who are the weak ones? Children or women or, or, or maybe those who, are, who, who, who have physical injuries, who can't walk. These guys have to walk through the desert for miles at a, in a day. And some people didn't have the stamina to keep up. And these are the people that the Malachites are attacking right at the back of, of, of this of this this entourage of of people that are traveling through the desert. And so this this really this this the, this attack was was and, and remember it's unprovoked. They came and attacked the Israelites. The Israelites did nothing to them. They just attacked them and they would have actually known yeah, that that Jacob's land was very far from their land this land where they were being uh, with Israelites were going through and where they were being attacked miles from their land they were and and so and so just understand the context of what this is happening these guys have never fought a battle before in their lives they've never used a sword to defend themselves and here they're getting attacked and so this is the situation they find themselves in, and and I really felt the Lord leading me to the situation because we see the two different roles that Joshua plays in the story and that Moses plays in the story, very different roles, but I see their roles as the two different roles uh, depicted in the Serenity Prayer. Firstly, there's the role. The first part is remember the Serenity. To accept the things we cannot change. That place of surrender, where we're surrendering to the Lord, but we're not actually taking action. The second part of the serenity prayer is um, an asking for courage to actually take action, to do what we can to make change, to do the change. And so we see yeah, that Joshua is very, very much the one who's actually doing the action. He goes into battle, whereas Moses is literally standing on the hill with his hands in the air in surrender to the Lord. Very different roles, very different actions. Joshua is fighting all day long, and all Moses has got to do is stand with his hands in there all day long in a position of surrender. These two aspects of the serenity prayer. And I just want to look at how at the story and just unpack and let 's learn and I just felt, wow, the story really unpacks these two aspects of the serenity prayer, two aspects that we face daily two two roles sometimes we very much identify with Joshua where where we need the courage to do what we can to bring change. We have the sword in our hand, and we need to take action, and there are the times. We in, the, in the role of Moses, we just got to surrender, um, have our hands in that act, the universal sign of surrender to the Lord, surrender to the Lord. And so I don't know what situations you face and, and, and daily. And remember, the serenity prayer ends with the wisdom to know one from the other, to know what to do. And, and that is, I, I think, the greatest prayer that every one of us need, that we would know the wisdom. Do we act like Joshua grabbed the sword and go into battle? Or do we stand in surrender, trusting God, not giving up, not in passivity? Do we stand and trust God for victory and not pick up a sword? I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what relationship on this Valentine's Day you may have to lay down or, or maybe the Lord challenging you to pursue, to message, to call. It, is, it requires wisdom from the Lord. It requires leading of the Spirit of God. It requires us um, applying God's will and His wisdom as revealed in His Word in our situations to discern that. So let's read on the story. So this is what happens. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the malachites tomorrow i will stand on top of the hill with the staff of god in my hands so that's how moses is standing he's standing there with the staff of god in his hands it's so interesting uh firstly i just want to highlight here that this is the first mention of joshua in the whole bible uh, these two verses and the name joshua is actually the same name as Jesus in the New Testament. It's the same name in different languages, but literally the same name. And Joshua is really a type of Jesus, and it means Savior. And we see the book of Joshua also, just how, how and in the story, how Joshua is out there leading the people in battle, just like how Jesus, okay? And so just a very, a very beautiful picture of Joshua here. And Moses says, he speaks about the staff of God in my hand. Uh, or the rod of God in my hand. It's interesting if you just lo- study this in Scripture. Moses refers to his staff as the staff of God, and God actually refers to Moses' staff as Moses' staff. And there's this 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 mutual respect. And remember, the staff actually repre- was was a representation just of his of his authority and 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 the leadership role that he carried. And just both of them respecting the authority and the office. Of, of leader of the people um, uh, in the situation, so verse ten, so Joshua fought the Malachites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and her went on on sorry on on the top of the hill so yeah, what 's so beautiful also is to see the two generations working together, the younger generation, the Joshua, the young men fighting with their swords. And here we see the older generation: Moses, Aaron, and her. So, so Aaron is Moses' brother, and her is his brother-in-law. Her actually married Miriam, which was the sister of Moses and Aaron. So the, these these three, they the same generation. They the older guys standing on the hill overlooking the battle, and the young guys are on the battlefield fighting. And it says over here. That Joshua fought the Malachites as Moses had ordered. Uh, Some translations just emphasize that that, that Joshua obeyed Moses exactly what he had said. Beautiful picture of Jesus, but also just a a beautiful picture of, of, of how healthy leadership works. Over here, where Moses is believing in this young man and 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 in, saying, "You can do it. You can lead these people to victory," and at the same time, this young man obeying the leadership um, of of his leader over here just beautiful if you think of also how jesus perfectly submitted to his father and here we see this image in joshua and just his life as well of 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 this relationship between the young generation and the older generation and so the three guys are on top of the hill and what happens now just to give you some background i just i just put some notes up here and let's just just to give you some more background remember when israel faced the malachites in battle at Rephidim? it wasn't with overwhelming force or an experienced army or the best commanders they were a bunch of wandering uh, a wandering tribe of herdsmen escaping slavery in egypt traveling uncertainly to a promised land that none of them had ever laid eyes on that's the context they were herdsmen they had been slaves they didn't they weren't a well-fashioned army and yet um, who are they coming up against? Look look at my notes. They were trespassers traveling through the lands of fierce fighting people. Okay, that's what the Amal- Amalekites were. It was also the first ever battle faced by these wandering herdsmen. And remember the, the, the whole principle of first mansion, first battle that they're ever entering into. And they traveled with their women, with their children, their herds and all their possessions the battle was for survival, for hope, and for a future. And so this, this is it's, it's such a short description of a very significant event in the life of, of this new nation, this new people that God was forging. And um, that's just giving the context, a bit of background. Okay, So let's look at verse 11. As, Mo- as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Malachites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on the stone. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Malachite's army with the sword. Look at that, just how this finishes off. The emphasis in these verses is all about Moses and the role that her and Aaron play in holding up his arms and getting a stone that he can sit because he's he's getting on in years now, Moses is. And so and so they are helping, they're standing with him. And, the, and, and this incredible picture of while his hands are up, in, in, in the act of surrender to God, Joshua and the boys are winning the battle. But when his arms come down, the Malachites are winning in battle. And, and this picture, just such a beautiful picture of these two generations actually working together in the battle over here. Very different roles, very different roles. Moses is, 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 is surrendering to God. By lifting his hands, he's lifting them up, uh, up to the Lord. And, and we're going to look at uh, the, the next few verses, just how Moses experienced this act of actually lifting his hands, what, the, what, what Moses experienced. We'll see how, how he experienced this act of lifting his hands to the Lord and what he sensed that, that God was doing through that act but verse 13 says, So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. Yes, he triumphed with a sword. That's ultimately what happened on the battlefield. But we know that what, what was happening by Moses surrendering and committing the situation to the Lord was so significant. The other important aspect, it doesn't mention it clearly here in this portion of Scripture, but but as uh, praying Israelites in those days um, the act of prayer wasn't to fold their hands it was actually to lift up their hands that was a form of prayer so it doesn't mention it here but I'm sure that Moses was praying and crying out to God for the situation on the battlefield as his hands were raised some things I also just want to mention here just the significance that you know folks the battles that we go through sometimes the battles, and very often God doesn't actually inquire us to go and require us to go through them uh, all alone by ourselves. I think it, it's such a beautiful picture of Aaron and her holding up his hands. Folks, we all face situations that are sometimes overwhelming, that are sometimes just so tiring and and i and i think of and i'm sure you've seen those movies where where the you have some guys who are who are doing some basic training or you know in boot camp in the army and they've got to jog on the spot where their hands held out holding their their rifle in their hands and they've got to jog on the spot and the sergeant major or the corporals shouting at them and they've got to keep going and and they are literally crying with pain because how many of you know to hold your arms out there? Yes, you can do it for a little while, but especially if you've got a weight in your hand, eventually your, your, your shoulders and your arm muscles are just screaming with pain. It gets so painful. Now imagine if you could have some mates who could just come hold your hands. I mean, it'll make a world of difference. And that is what's happening. There's sometimes some things we go through. And, and the question is, 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 who is your Aaron? Who is your her? Who is the spiritual family that you can call on that can come alongside you and stand with you and hold up your hands when you are facing a battle that is that is just huge that you know you need to go through. We all need those people and that's why and that's why God created us to be in family, be in spiritual family. That's why there are so many churches around the planet. Why New churches still being planted because we all need those Aaron and hers to come alongside us, to come and stand with us. So, so let's move on. More, I just want to highlight in my notes. However, these wandering herdsmen traveled with something that no other nation on earth had ever had. A pillar of fire, remember by night, and a cloud of smoke during the day. The very presence of God surrounded them. That is what they had. Israel did not fight its battles alone. No matter how inexperienced or overmatched they were, they were never the underdogs. And I'm putting that in because, remember I said, we're going to come to Moses Actually, at the end of this, describing and saying how he experienced this. That that time where he's holding up his hands, holding up the staff, surrendering the situation to God, trusting God, crying out to God, praying to God, that position of surrender to the Lord. And while his hands were up, they, the, the, they were in victory. This is what he said. And this is his experience and his response to that situation. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, which, which in, in, in the Hebrew is Jehovah Nisi. And he said, For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. And I just want to highlight this and just speak into this a little bit. You see, folks, he, he literally d- uh, cried out and declared and built an altar. That he named Jehovah Nissi. Now, remember, uh, we we did a series this year looking at our awesome God and looking at times that people encountered God and the name of God that they gave God in that situation. Now, I know this isn't part of that series, but here is just the Lord led me to the scripture, and here is another one of those moments where, in that place, in that place of holding up His hands, the name revelation that he gets of God is that the Lord is my banner and and he said this place is Jehovah Nisi the Lord is my banner and remember banner was something is something that is that is usually held up and when armies would go to battle would go to war in those days they would have a banner describe and on the banner would be written who they were who they represent maybe a picture of their king who they fighting for etc they would have a banner and and that banner would unify them would they would rally around that banner and and I mean you know a national flag taken into battle I remember even during the second war world war there was a, a classic picture of American soldiers hoisting uh, the American flag on on one of the islands they were fighting to uh, to to conquer from the Japanese, and and just that that picture of the banner representing who you who you are, who you who you fighting for, who you represent, etc. That is what it is, and and this amazing picture here that 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 we see, we get a glimpse that what was Moses experiencing while he was holding that. That rod, um, his staff up in there, he he sensed and he experienced that he was literally holding up a banner, and remember these guys—they were they were a bunch of shepherds. They didn't have banners when they went into that battle, and and he, he literally—he's saying, I was holding up the a banner, and the banner is the Lord. Not a banner of the Lord, not a banner with the Lord's picture on or the Lord's name on. Literally, the Lord is my banner. He was literally holding out the Lord as the banner over them. And it's just such a beautiful picture. And, and, and remember, this was a whole, for a whole day, he was, he had to hold it up. For the whole day, they were fighting in the valley. For a whole day, he had to, and he was just holding up. Lord, you are my banner. You are over us. You are, you are the one we're fighting for. You are the one um, that, that is our protector. And that's also what, what this picture represents. For hands were lifted up to the throne of God. And literally, he, his hands were aimed. At, and, and, and I just believe it must have been such a God moment. God be, uh, Moses being so aware of the presence of God, so aware of the throne of God, that he was literally holding up this banner, which, which, which was the Lord. Such a beautiful picture. And I, and I want to just uh, go to my notes and just unpack some of this over here. No matter how desperate they felt, they were never at a loss. This is the Israelites. They were never truly outnumbered because how can you outnumber God? The great general, the perfect protector, the Lord Jehovah was with them. The name Moses used to describe this God is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. And just in my notes I've I have highlighted this, but just to bring it uh, bring some clarity. A banner is something that firstly identifies who or whose you are, and and if you've been coming to our church just just uh, a while ago, the Lord just highlighted to me that 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 question, whose are you, is such an important question for every one of us to answer, and absolutely, if if you're a Christian, if you're a born again believer, then that answer is, we are the Lord's. Jesus is our Lord. So, firstly, a banner. Is something that identifies who or whose you are. And secondly, it unifies your purpose uh, or a group of people. It unifies them around this is what we're about. Remember, you could have had a picture of your king, but in this case, in our case, the banner over us, the banner is the Lord. Now remember when we were at university, we were students, I was I was part of our of our student committee on campus and and our as 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 a campus ministry, we were, registered, we were registered society at UCT on the campus, University of Cape Town. And uh, every week, every year during orientation week, we would have a societies day, and we could set up tables, etc. And I remember the one year uh, we we felt and we said, "Why don't we come together as Christian societies instead of all having our own thing? Let's come together and let's put a banner over us that can unify us." And the banner. That, that 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 we said let's put this banner over us jesus is lord over us not the name of our, our ministry or society but jesus is lord a unifying banner a banner that we can all rally around and it just resonates with this revelation that moses got in that m- battle as he was holding up his staff he saw him literally holding up this banner which, we, we, which is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner, literally holding up that God is the one who's over us, who, who guards us, who goes into battle with us, the one we rally around, the one we're fighting for, the one we're willing to give our lives for, the one we're surrendering for, the one who will fight for us and come through for us. That is Jehovah Nisi, the revelation that Moses gets. In in a military, uh, a milit for example a military flag or standard is also called a banner. By saying the Lord is my banner was a way of identifying themselves as the unified followers of the Lord God, Jehovah Nisi. And I decide, I tried to do a banner. I hope you like my banner um, banner like thing, Jehovah Nisi. And 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 what is this about? When we say, and this is my prayer, and, and I want to pray for us right now, that that we would be able to declare as Moses did, as he held his staff up, he got the revelation that literally he was before the throne of God, and he was holding up this banner that said Jehovah Nissi, that 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 the Lord is my banner, and and it means so much, and it meant so much that they 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 got a mighty victory that day on the battlefield with this revelation that the Lord is my banner. He's over us. He's the one we rally around. He's the one we fight for. And just such a beautiful picture of the younger generation and the older generation coming together again in this beautiful prayer, which, which goes, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I just see that, that place. It's not a passivity. It's a surrendering to God. And Moses just surrendering the people, surrendering the battle, surrendering his men, surrendering Joshua to the Lord in that situation. And courage to change the things I can. And remember, um, three I think it's three or four times in the book of Joshua, Moses spoke to Joshua and said, said Be strong and of good courage be strong and of good courage speaking courage to him because he was the young man who had to carry the sword to spend days in battle uh, to establish the victory and wisdom to know the difference and so lord i pray this for us lord may we may we come to that place of of surrendering in you and to you not giving up not just walking away in a huff or disappointment or disgust. But surrendering things in you, Lord. And, and, and Lord, as we do that, we declare you are our banner. And I pray for every person. Who is a member of his people, church, Lord, Lord, what a beautiful banner you 've given us, our name, his people, lord, that that name that says whose we are, we are your people, Lord, and we rally around that fact that we are your people, that your banner is over, we are your people, your banner is over Jehovah Nisi, I declare. That your banner is over us, Lord. you, you unify us. So we are unified around the desire to make you famous Jesus, the desire that people would come to know you, that people would be transformed by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. Lord, we united around that. You are our ba- banner. I speak Jehovah Nisi over every person in our church, and every person who hears this word, may we know the reality of the protection of that banner, that the Lord is our banner. You are over us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.